We have two scripture lessons today. I know that's a lot. But I read once that scripture is actually a feast for us to partake. So I hope you don't mind getting an extra helping today. And I know uh, it seems like the world has gone on beyond Christmas. I mean, the Valentine's candy's out, right? But as Pastor Megan mentioned, the Christmas story isn't finished yet. So our first scripture is more of the story. The second scripture is about the Apostle Paul and his calling from God. And I know that it doesn't seem like those have anything to do with each other, but they're connected, I promise. Okay. (laughs) In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they, saw that star, when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their che- treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warmed in, warned in a dream not to re- return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, member of the same body and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, This grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in 
in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, we seek your word today. Speak to us. Help us listen. Then help us to do what you call us to. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Imagine the look of surprise on Mary and Joseph's faces when there was a knock at the door. The city was teeming with people, but it was late, and they weren't expecting anyone. Joseph looked at Mary as he crossed the small room to answer the door. The question in his mind echoed in her eyes. He opened it a crack, and in the starlight saw three men standing outside, dressed in expensive, exotic clothes. Strangers, foreigners. Joseph said, yes, what is it? The man nearest Joseph spoke. We are looking for the infant king. Is he here? Joseph looked at Mary, who was close enough to hear. They both looked at Jesus on Mary's lap and then at each other again. Noting Joseph's hesitation, the stranger quickly added, We mean him no harm. We have come a long way to worship him. Remembering the shepherds, and after another look at Mary, Joseph nodded to the man, who drew a sharp intake of breath and turning to his companion said, He is here! He is here! We found him! Joseph opened the door wider so that they could come in, but they turned away from Joseph and went to their animals that were standing nearby. From among the bags and parcels tied there, they each retrieved a small bundle of cloth. After entering and seeing Mary holding Jesus, they all knelt down immediately, their faces to the floor. Tears sprang to Mary's eyes, and she looked to Joseph in wonder. What is this? she thought. What is this? The man who had spoken from the first lifted his face. Tears streamed down his cheeks. We followed the star. We have found the Christ child. He began unwrapping the bundle of cloth he carried. Inside was an ornately decorated box. He held it out toward Mary. A gift for the infant king. The other men unwrapped their bundles and placed gifts at Mary's feet, saying, For the child who is the Christ. Today we celebrate Epiphany, when the wise men visited Jesus. The word Epiphany means to show or to reveal. Many important things were revealed that night. The gifts brought by the Magi, the wise men, revealed Jesus as who he was and what he would be. Gold, fit for a king. 
frankincense brought by priests in their worship of God, and myrrh, a spice used in burial. So Jesus was honored as king, God, and sacrifice. That it was the wise men who brought these gifts revealed something else. They were strangers, foreigners, Gentiles. They showed that Jesus came not just for the Jews, the chosen people of God, but also to save the rest of us. Our scripture from Ephesians reveals even more. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Jesus followers in Ephesus, explains that through the grace of God, he's been given the job of unraveling the mystery of Christ, which has been revealed to him. That mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are not just saved, but are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. What a gift. What a blessing. What love God has for us that we are called God's children. Paul goes on to say, Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles all the people who are not Jews, the news of the boundless riches of Christ, and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known. Did you catch that? First, we are given an enormous gift to share in the inheritance of the chosen people of God. And then we are given a job. Some would say that the very existence of the church speaks to the wisdom of God. But I think that the message the church gives is even more important. And let's remember that actions speak louder than words. What we do is even more important than what we say. So let's think about that for a moment. There are countless people in poverty around the world who are hungry and sick, those who are suffering due to violence and disasters. Is the Christian church doing anything about it? I would say the answer is yes. Christians are building homes for people who don't have any, providing for children who are orphaned, teaching sustainable agricultural practices and giving away free farm animals, arranging fair trade economies, and fighting for government legislation to help those who cannot help themselves. Does this speak to the wisdom of God? I believe it does. In the United Methodist Church, we have the General Board of Global Ministries that sends people and money out all over the world. Part of that is UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief. They ship emergency supplies to assist in disaster relief worldwide. United Methodist Women distributes up to $20 million every year to projects in 100 different countries that help women, children, and youth. That money is raised in churches just like ours. 
Justice for Our Neighbors has offices right here in Michigan to assist people with the immigration process for free and also supports those individuals who are languishing in detention centers. Missionaries supported by the United Methodist Church and mission volunteers serve faithfully. Do these speak to the wisdom of God? Do these reveal Christ to those in darkness? I believe that they do. And what about our church, Clarkston United Methodist? We don't just exist. We are a growing, evolving church community in a place where God's word is preached, classes are taught, children and youth are guided, hurting people are welcomed, and fellowship is shared. Not only that, but food is distributed, coats and boots are donated, household items are collected for refugee families seeking a safe place to start new lives. And relationships are built with families working to climb out of poverty. Does this speak to the wisdom of God and reveal Christ? Absolutely. Those questions were all um, pretty easy. So now we come to one that is a bit more difficult. How does each one of us personally make known the wisdom of God and reveal Christ on a daily basis? This is not a contest or even an appropriate time to compare notes with your neighbor. This is between each one of us and God. Are your words ones that Christ would say? Do your actions match your words? Do the priorities in your life which tell others what is most important to you speak to Christ? Does the example you set For any children in your life, teach them what you want it to. Does a stranger meeting you for the first time find Christ in your face? Does the answer to that question change depending on where you are? You know, at church or at a long line at Meijer when you're in a hurry. struggle myself, everyone. I struggle myself. This sounds like a really big job, and it is. In fact, it's the most challenging and the most important task we will ever do. Why bother? Because people need God, and that is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. We are blessed in order to be a blessing to others. You're looking for suggestions on how to do this job and do it well? May I recommend a really good instruction manual? Looks something like this. I've been told and have even learned from personal experience that regular study greatly increases understanding of this instruction manual. So join a group, take a class. We've got some starting this month just for you. If you don't have a Bible... Uh, Let one of us know up front we have a supply ready to give out today. Just last week, we prayed Wesley's covenant prayer. The one that says we're all in for God. Being all in for God generally means we will need to make some changes in our lives in order to do what God wants us to do instead of what we want. It also usually means that we need to change some of our behavior and maybe even some of our attitudes. Tough, I know, 
even for those of us who have been doing this for a really long time. But God will help us, and we will help each other. It's one of the reasons we're here. That first epiphany so many years ago revealed significant, miraculous things. It showed Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But this day, this Epiphany Sunday, the most important thing to reveal may be your heart to Jesus Christ. It's not easy. Again, I speak from personal experience in saying that when you invite the light of Christ into your heart, there can be nothing hidden in dark shadows because there are no dark shadows left. All the negative, yucky stuff in there gets exposed. But that's okay because God knew all about it anyway. The only person we are hiding things from is ourself. The Lord helps us work through all the stuff and we must Because any negative emotion we are harboring, such as anger, bitterness, jealousy, fear, hatred, withholding forgiveness, will come between us and God. It may take some time and effort and study and prayer. might take decades. But God can do this because God loves us so much. The last verse from our scripture reading in Ephesians today promises, in Christ and through faith in Christ, we have access to God in boldness and confidence. So it's okay. We can come to God with whatever we've got. We all have individual stories, unique to us, filled with sorrows and joys, learning curves and bumps in the road, Sometimes really colossal mistakes. Sometimes great pain. The incredible thing is, when we invite God to be a part of our story, we become part of the Jesus story. It's true, people may be putting their Christmas decorations away, tucking them in boxes and bins, until December rolls around again. But the Christmas story, the Jesus story, never ends. It's been going for over 2,000 years, and now we are a part of it. We get to reveal Christ here and now, every day and in every way. Will you pray with me? As the Apostle Paul prayed, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God so that you may reveal Christ in everything you say and do. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.